Okay, my father, will you give me a blessing so sure. I can move yes. in the best Holy Spirit? Spirit? Lord, bless, goodness, abundance sure. of Holy Spirit. And announce our hearts are here to listen to you. We pray in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to to focus tonight's teaching. The Lord gave it to me today, and um, it came through throughout the day in conversation with Father Ron. Predominantly from today's first reading, the gospel, and the last two teachings the Lord has given this community. In, ver- in chapter 11, verse 4 of 1 Kings, we read today at, at Mass, it said, When Solomon was old, his wives had turned his heart to strange gods, and his heart was not entirely with the Lord. I was shocked. I sat before the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, thinking of all the readings of Solomon all week, and thought, what happened? What happened to Solomon? How could Solomon fall so horribly when he possessed the gift of wisdom and had received so many graces from the Lord? Monday, we read, And when the priest came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Then Solomon said, The Lord has set the sun in the heavens, but has said that he would dwell in thick darkness. I have built thee an exalted house, a place for thee to dwell in forever. We see God comes to dwell. Solomon sees the presence of God in the cloud. He knows he's there. He exalts God. He thanks him. On Tuesday, we continue reading from the book of 1 Kings chapter 8. And it says, Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel. And spread forth his hands toward heaven and said, O Lord, God of Israel, there is no God like thee in heaven above or on earth beneath, keeping covenant and showing steadfast love to thy servants who walk before thee with all their heart. Listen to the words of the heart of Solomon. It's a heart of a man that knows God, that loves him, that's thanking him, that's praising him. On Wednesday, 
we read how Queen Sheba comes to, to visit Solomon. And she's amazed with his wisdom. So what happened with Solomon? Towards the end of his life, he is unfaithful to the Lord. So there was a process, a gradual process in the heart, in Solomon's heart that it hardened. What happened there? How could his wives, it says, turn his heart to strange gods? I thought of Adam and Eve. Why didn't Solomon see the truth of the darkness in the hearts of his wives and bring them into the light of God? This reminded me of the first message from Luke 10, 1, 12. We, we, Father Jordy covered this with the men, and I covered this, the women and I, it's Saturday. But I'm not going to go through the whole message. You have it. I'm going to go through one line, two lines of this one. The Lord says about the missionaries of the cross, they must be willing to speak the truth about the darkness within my priesthood, meaning also within your families, within your community. And the line before that, the Lord says, and they is the missionaries of the cross. They must be detached completely from their egos, knowing themselves as nothing and miserable. What's important here is Solomon could not see well the darkness and bring his wives to repentance and knowledge of God because his heart becomes more and more hardened. His ego becomes bigger and bigger. Solomon's heart through the process of many years becomes, as we also learned in scripture, drowsy. Remember when we went through Luke 21, 34, where the Lord says, but take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life. Solomon was moving in disorders. Message two that the Lord gave the mothers and missionaries of the cross, but those two messages were predominantly for the missionaries of the cross. How much have you pondered them? In fact, in this, in this, is it this one or the first one? The first one, the Lord gives five <clears throat> must to his missionaries of the cross. Five must. I'm not even going to tell you what they are, but go back. Because when the Lord says must, that's important. He gives them five must. I would say that the missionaries of the cross must take each must and 
in the in the men's group cover each must that the Lord is saying. But in the second message, the Lord mentions disordered desires and disordered attachments. First, he says, he, meaning his victim souls, must be willing to fight against all his disordered desires. Then, when he speaks about no bag for the journey, the Lord says, My disciples must allow my spirit to detach them from all disordered attachments. And he goes on to tell us, Anything that weakens your desire for me distracts you from loving me and takes your gaze from me is a disordered attachment. So if we look at Solomon, he must have had many disordered attachments. Lust, riches, power, and even though he has all that wisdom from God, all of those disordered attachments and desires not penetrated and brought into humility bring them to unfaithfulness. I went to page 43 in our path. It says, why do some recognize Jesus while others don't? Our path says this. Why was it that John the Baptist, Simeon, and Anna knew Jesus at a deeper level than others? The answer lies in hearts that seek with faith. Then it's really beautiful because in that paragraph in our path, it describes a hardened heart versus a pure heart and it's only a few sentences but those few sentences speak volumes about a hardened heart and a pure heart it says a hardened heart it sets is set in its ways it reduces the work of god to make it fit in its natural logic and experience. It is not open to see beyond what it controls. You see, Solomon begins to control everything. And he becomes blind. A pure heart, on the other hand, believes that for God, nothing is impossible. It is docile and malleable, willing to be pierced, pruned and made new by God. 
And then the last sentence says, the soul which receives the gift of self-knowledge and sees the hardness of its own heart arrives at a moment of decision. It either accepts the gift or remains in darkness. The missionaries of the cross are being called by God in this community to be great transformed men. Men that won't fall like Solomon. Men that can truly provide, protect, and lead their families, their wives, their children, their communities, in the church. And if our men and the mothers of the cross do not grow in purity of heart through the gift of the Holy Spirit of knowledge, our hearts, hardened hearts that we all have, cannot become pure. Hebrews 4, 12 through 13, just I'm going to read the last line. And it says, And before him no creature is hidden, but all are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. It's as if a mother and missionary of the cross have to live constantly face to face with Jesus crucified and be willing to allow the Holy Spirit to unveil us, unveil us, so that we can be made naked, totally transparent before Christ. So that we can hear all the garbage that we too have in our hearts. The Lord wants to purify it. It's amazing what God wants to do with us. He wants to raise up these great men. We keep reading how, how so many men fell, how so many priests are not leading the church, are not protecting her, are not providing for her. It takes men of great courage like St. Paul. Solomon couldn't, couldn't protect his wives because he couldn't even see the, the darkness, because he couldn't see the darkness in his own heart. In order for our missionaries of the cross and mothers of the cross to be fully who we are, victim souls, we must be able to see the darkness in our own hearts. And that will bring us to the gold of repentance. And the first thing the Lord keeps saying about his missionaries of the cross is what? They must preach repentance as did John the Baptist. How? Preaching doesn't just mean a priest that's going to get up in front of a congregation. Preach is also proclaim, teach. Your family, your children, your spouses, 
your friends, your Emmaus community. How can you bring anybody to repentance if we ourselves do not live wrapped in the cloak of repentance? I mean, in self-knowledge. The Lord said to us, you must live, live wrapped in self-knowledge. That means we will never stop. If, if we are living in the Holy Spirit, we are living constantly, constantly seeing how we mess up all the time. And there's not a problem with that. You see, if we're seeing it, then we're doing good. Because then we can say, my Lord and my God, I'm miserable. Help me. And we live completely, completely dependent on God. Then God can do whatever he wants with us. That's what happened to Solomon. He didn't see in himself and he didn't repent. And then Satan comes through his wives and brings him down instead of bringing his family up to God. I love these words in our path from Pope Francis on page 199 to 201 on fake saints. Pope Francis warns us about the lie of being fake saints. He says, God generously forgives, but what he doesn't forgive is hypocrisy and fake saints. God pre prefers sanctified sinners, people who, despite their past sins, learn how to do a greater good. Fake saints are people who are more concerned with appearing saintly than doing good. We are all clever and always find a path that is not right. To seem more virtuous than we are. It is the path of hypocrisy. We are all also hypocrites and fall constantly in duplicity. Solomon was a hypocrite. He was anointed by God given all that wisdom to serve God. And what does he end up doing? Serving idols. What a hypocrite. What happens when we teach our kids and, and, and then we go and, and we live something else? That's hypocrisy. That's duplicity. It's not just the Pharisees. Can we see that in ourselves? You see? Because yes, we are hypocrites at times too. It's so beautiful when we see it because God is so merciful. That's what he wants. That's the work of the Holy Spirit to make us totally transparent. The second part in those pages of Pope Francis this is so important for us. He says, however, we are all masters. We are 
we are all experts when it comes to justifying ourselves. When I find envy in my heart, and I know this envy is capable of speaking ill of another and morally killing him, I have to ask myself, am I capable of it? Yes, I am capable. This is precisely how this knowledge begins, the wisdom to blame oneself. You see, we are all just like Solomon, who was given the gift of wisdom. Love crucified has been given an enormous gift of wisdom, the wisdom of the cross. Do you, re you must realize, because you live in the world, you live in the church, very few people have the wisdom of the cross. Even our, our, our priests, many don't have the wisdom of the cross. We have been given a treasure. We in love crucified, the little anawims of God have been given the wisdom of the cross, which still remained folly to many in the world and in the church. Yet, even if we have this wisdom in love crucified, it is not enough. We can too become unfaithful. You see, I have to, what does it mean to be humble? Humility comes to the point where we know, each of us, that we are absolutely nothing, miserable, weak. And that I, Lord, is, am capable of worldliness. I am capable of gossip. I am, I am capable of wounding my children. I am capable of hurting the heart of my husband. I am capable of many things. I can fall instantly. The Lord says, be simple and poor. If I walk into Marshall's, chances are I might buy something. <laughs> It's even hard for me to restrain. I am capable. I have to live in that misery. Each of us have to know that. That is powerful, you see? Because then we know that what? That God is everything. That God loves me. That God is merciful. And that God will do great things in each of us. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. That is humility. That is purity. The more we are unveiled, naked before God, then we can truly be faithful. I want to end with what Father Ron gave me to listen to this morning as we discussed this. It was a text from Father Walter Sizik from the book With God in America. This is an experience of Father Walter after he has his second heart attack. 
And to me, these words were a confirmation, as Father Ron said, of the treasure of the path and the teachings that love, the Lord has given love crucified. Father Walter writes, I just passed out. And during that time, I know I wanted to go to God. That was my whole disposition. Because I came to the brink of this world where eternity began. And I had to pass over that. Yet I felt that though my spirit was outside the body, there was a certain kind of drawing of the body and the soul to each other. It was the body that was not functioning. I went off and said, here I come, Lord, here I come. I was trying to get over to him, and I saw the Blessed Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Blessed Mother was also there, but turned sideways, so I didn't see her face. I really wanted to get over to the other side but nothing happened, even though I tried and tried. I was going into a deep depression when I saw I couldn't get over, and my willful efforts were getting weaker and weaker. Then, when I became kind of frustrated, from nowhere it just happened that I felt infinite peace. And right after that, perfect reconciliation. The infinite peace I understood. But the perfect reconciliation I didn't understand. Then, out of that sensation... Again, I heard a voice speaking as if from eternity. It was a loud voice that filled the whole world with the splendorous light of eternity. As it said, I am going to cure you. And at the same time, I am going to teach you how to live. Then, when that voice disappeared, I heard within it a voice resounding like a thunder. I then saw our Lord appearing just as we visualize him in the New Testament. He was pointing at me and said, I am going to teach you how to live. 
Then he began to tell me precisely what he meant. He said, I am going to teach you how to be pure, how to be simple, how to be modest, how to be poor, obedient, prayerful, and believing. I am going to purify you. And after that purification, I am going to enlighten and elevate you through compunction, sorrow, and repentance by uniting you with me in my passion, in my suffering, sacrifice, reparation, and hope in the resurrection. All these together will be your act of love for me. And I thought, that's exactly how the Lord has been teaching us in this community. The same words. He wants us to be pure, simple, poor, modest. He wants to make us one with his love crucified. He wants to unite us to his passion, to his suffering, the whole path. And this is what the Trinity is telling Father Walter, that he is teaching him how to live, to cross over and enter heaven as his saint. How blessed we are, my community. How blessed we are. May we always be faithful to the God who loves us. May we continue to open our hearts to the Holy Spirit to make us true missionaries of the cross and mothers.